if you're if you're not having fun don't do it Mm. you know especially with recreational activities you got to have fun you got to find your community where they make you feel like you belong where you feel like you're having a great time and even if you're not having your best day there if your community your sport can make you feel better about yourself and your existence and who you are and how you identify within our world it can make you feel so much better they recharge my social batteries and I wouldn't be there if I wasn't having fun if I didn't feel fulfilled right so being a part of a community that's able to do all of that and more for me has been great and that's my advice for people is to find find that community find that fun or don't do it Aloha everyone Welcome back to Connect the Dots This is your host, Ezra White With Guided Dogs of Hawaii This is a safe place for blind and visually impaired individuals To come together, share experiences And learn from each other In this episode, we'll be interviewing A friend of Guide Dogs of Hawaii She is a young 20-year-old woman who we met at Enchanted Hills Camp for the Blind in Napa, California. Her name is Ellie Kinnear, and she grew up, uh, she had a very active life growing up. She grew up swimming and uh, doing all sorts of things, hiking, and recently within the past year, she took up the sport of rock climbing. Ellie has a guide dog and she is blind and uh, this month we're going to go ahead in this episode and just take a listen of what she has to say, Uh, listen to her her stories and her experiences of how rock climbing affects her and what it means to her as an individual. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Uh, thank you, Ellie, for, for like, like I said earlier, agreeing to do this with us. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Um, but without further ado, if you could go ahead and talk about the different, uh, I, I guess, I guess, I guess the, the main thing I wanted to cover today was um, you did rock climbing. Yeah. So if you could explain to us what exactly that entailed, um, how long you were doing that. I, I just just give us a, a little a background on uh, your experience doing that. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Um, Hi, my name is Ellie Kinnear, and I am on Team USA for paraclimbing. I am coming up to my year mark now of being a part of Team PCH, also known as Paracliffhangers, which is an adaptive organization that was started by people with disabilities for people with disabilities. So it is very much a well-rounded community focused organization that teaches people how to climb and how to have fun rock climbing the organization itself has helped me so much get out getting out of just my disability specific realm and being in the wider scope of the community of people who have various disabilities and it's been something that's been really cool to have similar aspects of our lives but having different disabilities and I didn't know that we had so many things in common but I started paraclimbing 
back with Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco. I saw it on their calendar that they were going rock climbing. And I've been rock climbing here and there throughout my life growing up. I knew certain things about climbing. I climbed trees and my house in the neighborhood growing up with friends and you couldn't get me down from the trees. So it was really cool that I could reignite a flame that I had since childhood and do it with Lighthouse. So we went out on, it was November 27th, um, and I don't know how I remember that date, but I do. (laughs) Um, And we introduced ourselves and saying hi to everyone. It was a great turnout. Lighthouse brought so many people out. And my, now she's a really close friend, um, Hannah. She is a wheelchair user, ambulatory, and she expressed her interest in theater and being a stage manager. And I love theater. So she snatched me up to teach me how to tie in, how to properly wear your gear. And she'd be the person to belay me. Um, And that is the person who holds the rope on the other side so they can give you slack or take away slack and lower you um, if you're the climber. And she taught me how to tie the most beautiful figure eight, which is your safety knot as you put it through your harness. Um, and we bonded about theater. I probably did about 12 routes my first day. And she was like, how do you have this much energy? Um, and nowadays I probably only do three routes a session. So I don't, I don't know what happens, but I I do really push myself to the limits. Now my current max grade I can do is an 11 a and, um, Climbing grades are something that are really fun that are broken down into you have your grades. So the easiest grade you're going to have is a five zero, right? So that's pretty much almost like you're hiking up a wall. Uh, Very easy, like it's a ladder. Um, There's always a hand and foot placement anywhere and everywhere. Um, And then as you go up the grades to five nine, that's, you know, where it gets a little bit harder. And then you have your five ten A through D and then you go up to your 11A through D and then 12A through D and then really, really hard stuff. Um, And so those grades kind of, there's a very weird history to how grading works with climbing, very complicated, but I see, I see that the letters tacked onto the numbers as like sub points. If you were to do a, like a presentation, you have your normal bullet points and then you got your sub points, right? So you got to make sure you add that extra bit of detail to make things more complicated to your presentation. Mm. Um, and some, something that's been really fun is to learn how your body moves and works because there are different styles of climbing you can do. There are more balancey climbs or there are certain climbs that are really powerful that you need to do. I prefer climbing on slab walls because I love learning how to balance um, because climbing has taught me how my body works and I had this preconceived perception that I was way larger than I actually am and with climbing I've learned that I'm an average human size I thought that I was the width of me and my guide dog and when I first started climbing I still had that thought when I was on the wall now I know how far my arms can reach I know how far my legs can go and I also learned I'm really flexible and I can, I have the mobility to, to put my, my heel over my head and then pull myself 
from my heel, which is really cool. Wow. That's impressive. I didn't realize how much, um, how, uh, I guess, how complex, because I, I mean, I, I've never um, went climbing myself, and I, I don't think I know anybody in my life, um, sighted or blind, who does rock climbing. Um, uh, but to hear you, you know, explain it, you know, all, all the different grades and depending on the grade um, that you are, it determines what you, um, I guess, are, are capable of climbing. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. So as the grades get higher, they get harder. Mm -hmm. um, and certain people, they might not have the mobility to sneak around a certain move set that you might need to do. Um, because there are people who are really powerful climbers. They can throw themselves from one part of the climb to the other, and that would be called um, a, di a dynamic movement or a dyno. Mm -hmm. And you have to have a lot of strength and coordination to be able to get over there. But with the majority of blind and low-vision climbers, we've seen that we're strong in a different way. Mm -hmm. We often do moves statically, which means, you know, like, very very slowly we're reaching for a hold we're really good at locking off our arms and being able to move ourselves and control our actions whereas dynamic is a little bit more chaotic since yes you're having power to throw yourself but it's just a little little bit more it's, it's like controlled chaos basically mm -hmm. whereas with um static it's control right oh interesting wow so uh what what sorts of things do you do you climb i know um you, you mentioned ladders uh slab walls could, could you go into more detail of what sorts of uh environments that they put you in or um that you that you have to are, are uh, capable of climbing yeah so um first we'll kind of break down the different climbing styles so you have bouldering which is typically under 20 feet you're not in a harness um if you fall you're falling onto your crash pad or you know your mat mm -hmm. and um those that's really good to practice when you want to practice a move set maybe you want to work on overhangs but you don't want to get super pumped out and tired from having to climb half a wall and then get to an overhang section mm -hmm. so that's going to be um like I said, under 20 feet, but it's, it's really fun to do that, to work on sequencing and how to learn how to fall properly, since a lot of people don't know how to, to fall. And, you know, it's often said you, you land on your feet, roll to your butt, and then roll to your back and try to keep your arms tucked in because, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want anything to happen to those guys and you don't want your, your ankles and shins to absorb all the shock from falling. Right. Um, and then our second type of climbing is going to be top rope climbing. Um, this one's my personal favorite because I like the the mental security of being in your harness tied to a rope. And the rope is actually looped up at the top of your route onto an anchor. Um, and then so if you fall anywhere on the route, the rope is going to catch you from your belayer. I'm a little bit scared of bouldering because like i said if you fall you fall mm -hmm. and i'm scared of falling and hurting myself but bouldering is a really good tool in my toolbox that i use but top rope is where i can really test my power and endurance since top rope walls can range anywhere from 25 to 45 feet or even higher depending on what the gym is and 
what it's like. I absolutely love top rope. It's it's my favorite. That's where I can start to work on balancey stuff since the majority of bouldering walls are going to be a vertical wall, which is just straight up or overhung where your body's hanging underneath it. Mm-hmm. And there's not as many slab walls, which is your, it's kind of like your really steep hike, right? If it's, you know, steep mountain, you're trying to yeah. walk up. And then you have lead climbing, which with lead climbing, there's fun stuff when you get to outdoors where there's sports where you just clip it in and then there's trad climbing where you actually place gear into the wall and then bring your rope clipped into the gear it's really fun um lead climbing is your you have all of your rope at the bottom with you and you clip into the wall as you go so wherever you fall is going to be you can either fall right under the clip above the clip so you have a pretty great fall radius. Mm-hmm. We'll use that term. Um, fall range. You can either fall, you know, two feet if you're at the clip. If you're right above it, you're like you're about to clip in, and you fall from there. You could fall ten feet. Mm. Um, yeah. So wow. lead is something I've I've done lead climbing outside, but getting it in the gym is a bit more technical and a bit harder. And it takes years to get, and I'm taking my time with it, but I have trad climbed outside, which is so fun, placing gear, testing out your skills. Um, And I was able to climb outside using trad at Bastille Rock, which is over Donner Pass in like the Lake Tahoe area. And it was such a gorgeous view. Mm. Wow. That is, um, that's very, um, that's very cool, all the stuff how how you're explaining all of this to me how long have you been climbing um i've been climbing for about a year now um i'm i'm absolutely in love with it um there is one last climbing style that i i don't do but i think is one of the coolest Mm -hmm. and that is speed climbing where there is a an, an olympic grade set route so it's olympic standards so it's going to be the same across every single gym and you have to climb this route as fast as you humanly can so this is like your sprint marathon but of climbing Mm. and the world records are insane right now i think the current world record for men's speed climbing is 4.98 seconds and then for women it's six seconds i think or below six seconds oh wow yeah and these walls i think are 25 feet tall or higher and um, so they're all the same size mm-hmm. and same hold placements too. It's it's really cool. Wow, well, that's yeah, that, that that's impressive. Wow. So, uh, what what initially got you into rock climbing? Yeah. So I have always had an interest in climbing trees. Uh, like I said, in the neighborhood growing up, mm-hmm. I was always the one to climb up into things to mm-hmm. hide during hide and seek. <laughs> uh, and so it was always my fun little trickery game. People would have to look high for me. Um, and, you know, kids only see at eye level and below. So I'd always win hide and go seek. And then <laughs> I I went on rock climbing walls here and there growing up. It was always fun um, getting to the top and then lowering felt like you were flying 
Um, but really, last year, um, November 27th, I did a, an outing with Lighthouse because they were hosting it and combining with Paracliffhangers mm-hmm. at, uh, at Pack Pipe, which is the largest climbing gym in all of North America. So needless to say, I was overwhelmed uh, by the size of this gym. I, I was very much overwhelmed. But I, I climbed and the community aspect of being with other people that were disabled just kept me coming back. Yeah. Uh, even, if, even if I wasn't feeling like I, I could climb well, I, I just kept having fun. And on my off days, I'll go in just to hang out with other disabled people. Um, and then on really good days, oh, I'm on the walls as much as possible, mm-hmm. but still having the community aspect is just fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Are, are you the, um, you said you went, uh, you're part of a, a team um, of uh, folks who are disabled. Um, yeah. Are there any other, uh, I guess, blind people on your team? Or people with, uh, yes, there are. Yeah. Um, we actually have quite a few since we are located in the Bay Area. We're mm-hmm. really close to Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco. Um, so I have recruited quite a few people to our team. I keep joking that once one blind person shows up, we keep coming. <laughs> We're, I like to say there's like the six degrees of separation with blindness. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not know someone directly, but somehow you'll know them eventually. Yeah. Um, we have someone in our group who is an, an accessibility coordinator for Apple who is fully blind, who hangs out with us. We have someone who used to be the assistant director at Enchanted Hills um, like 10, 20 years ago mm-hmm. who climbed with us and her husband and daughter. Um, and it's really cool since she knows the community so well and she's giving me inside advice on how to do things as the current assistant director. We have a young 17 year old who will be an absolute beast once he comes onto the competition scene. We we have so many people, some people who work at for Lighthouse, some people who just come in leisurely um, and hang out. My co-assistant director comes every once in a while to surprise me and climb and she's visually impaired as well we and we even have a small little kids division who are blind and visually impaired oh wow uh-huh it it's something that is just so magical and the the way that we do it and more and more blind people from the community are showing up Mm -hmm. um and we We teach them our calling styles and ask them if they like to do this. And some of our community has actually rock climbed before and they've just come to the PCH meetup and I've learned about what calling is and that their eyes have have been opened up to accessible rock climbing. And it's something that's been really cool to see the first time amazement of what an accessible community can really look like on other people and relive that experience that i felt that's awesome um you know just Mm -hmm. just seeing hearing your your stories of blind people coming together like that to do something a lot of sighted people could never imagine um blind people doing um is is is, uh it's, it's really inspiring as far as i know i don't think we have anything like that out here in hawaii um not for blind people 
but you know maybe we should maybe we should get something like that started out here <laughs> i think i think i think the blind folk out here could definitely uh um benefit from something like that you know just to get out get out of their mm-hmm. comfort zone and um be be more active which i i love that about um about your um about your folks uh, organization that's uh that's definitely inspiring it's awesome so i i guess since uh you when 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 you rock climb you do this um you have a uh of course you have your visual impairment have you ever had any challenges uh rock climbing like, i guess what, what was your biggest challenge or biggest obstacle you had to overcome oh um ooh, that can be broken up into a few different parts um so one is going to be the mental game of rock climbing. It's, you know, when you really get into your head and be like, oh, I can't reach this or I don't like this hold style. So I don't, I don't want to even touch it. I don't want to look at it. Um, and, and that's something that people, everyone kind of faces within the rock climbing community because you either, you know, you, you want to get over this crux, but something mentally is blocking you. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, it is hard and frustrating but getting over it makes you feel really cool um some some physical stuff i've gotten over is i actually i have a i have a bad knee and um i i've dislocated my knee twice and had surgery so i don't have i've reduced mobility in that knee and so sometimes when i'm on a route i i have to think of how i can work around a certain section of a route while being kind to my leg i see um that's that's something i constantly have to think about um since i can't fully stand into my left leg with confidence um and that's something i've slowly slowly been working on is gaining the confidence to feel comfortable to just stand Mm -hmm. into my legs um and i i think on a a vision aspect is trusting my caller and trying to not overpower her, but also open that line of communication as we're climbing mm-hmm. to to fully make a circuit. Since calling is is not just the sighted person be like, all right, you know, just just keep reaching, go there. You know, three o'clock is going to be your right hand near reach. Um, if, if I'm physically unable to grab my right hand at that moment, we need to workshop how I can reposition my body to be able to grab that. Right. Um, so building chemistry in a relationship with my caller has also been something I've overcome and figured out. And she's, she's one of my closest friends now. And, and it's, it's something that we can understand each other's body language and climbing style as we're going and it's really cool mm-hmm. is this the individual um you spoke of in the who was a uh, wheelchair bound um that is actually a different person but we're kind of like a trio we're a little climbing group okay um we like to pair up a lot uh since one can belay my caller sarah beth can call for me as hannah's playing and i can climb and then i can belay someone as someone else is resting mm-hmm. and we can all chat all oh, right on okay 
So mm-hmm. so climbing is um it I, I guess it, it definitely takes a lot of trust, like you said, yeah. A lot of trust and uh team yeah. teamwork. <laughs> well yeah. yeah, and you gotta think about it, you know, you gotta do your safety checks and mm-hmm. It's, it's also all about communication. Um, there are a lot of verbiage we use and we have to be on the same page because for some people saying, um, saying tension means, you know, stop the rope. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to come off the wall for a second, hold it. And then for other people, tension means, Hey, I just need you to tighten up the rope for me because mm-hmm. there's too much slack and I'm uncomfortable with that. Wow. So making sure everyone's on the same page with with the verbiage and our safety checks is something that's really cool and i just i love the social aspect of paraclimbing itself yeah that's awesome Uh, have you ever um you competed in any competitions in the past year Yes, I have. So back in March, I flew out to Texas Mm -hmm. for the paraclimbing nationals where I got fourth place in it. And I, I was astonished, uh, landed in finals and that was within my first like four months of climbing. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I was beyond impressed with myself and proud of myself for, for making it out there and making finals my first competition. Um, and then in May, I went to the World, uh, sorry, I went to the Paraclimbing World Cup in Salt Lake City, which was really cool since that's where the USA team uh, headquarters mm-hmm. is. And so their entire training center, you can see their speed walls, their big competition, uh, lead climbing stuff outside and a really cool gym really nice people i i couldn't i can't speak enough about how nice some of their coaches are and then i placed 10th in the world cup oh wow yeah so that was like a whole bunch of different countries that were coming out to compete on mm. a, like a a world stage which is so wow. cool that I, I you said you got 10th place you said yeah wow that that is that is awesome (laughs) congratulations for that (laughs) thank you thank you yeah my first and i even got like a cool um team usa like badge and um uniform and Mm -hmm. i i have a picture on my social media of me like mind blown because it's a very official looking badge like (laughs) you would see it like a football game for for an athlete yeah yeah where it's just like team USA and it's my my last name first name and it's all the the credentials and it shows um like what I have access to Mm -hmm. so it's like field of play um isolation and like media spot wow yeah and and, uh when did you win that award how long ago was that um that wasn't an, an award but that uh this competition was back in May, May, where I got the badge at. Wow, that, that that must have made you feel very, very proud of yourself, especially having just started not too long prior to that. This whole climbing yeah. journey, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it really did. I I was just beyond stoked. Yeah. All right, Ellie. Well, thank you. Um, I guess, I guess uh, closing closing this episode. Do you have any 
I guess, tidbits or pieces of advice you would like to offer to our audience? I, I know, um, you know, hearing your story and hearing your experiences myself, it's, uh, you know, definitely an encouragement for me um, because I'm kind of fearful of heights. Um, that I, I think that's one of my, my biggest fears in my life is heights. And I do want to get over that one day. But, uh, yeah, do, would you have any pieces of advice to uh, offer to our audience? Yeah, um, you know, I'm actually afraid of heights, too, Ezra. I, um, however, I feel safe being in my gear because we do so many safety checks there. Um, but, you know, my, my real advice here is going to be if you're, if you're not having fun, don't do it. Mm. You know, especially with recreational activities, you got to have fun. You got to find your community where they make you feel like you belong, where you feel like you're having a great time. And even if you're not having your best day there, if your community, your sport can make you feel better about yourself and your existence and who you are and how you identify within our world it can make you feel so much better. They recharge my social batteries and I wouldn't be there if I wasn't having fun, if I didn't feel fulfilled. Right. So being a part of a community that's able to do all of that and more for me has been great. And that's my advice for people is to find, find that community, find that fun or don't do it. Right on. Yeah, it's definitely that. I, I I like that. I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, do you, would you do you have any last words for for our listeners, or or is that about it? Um, you know, I wanna wanna thank everyone so much and keep keeping involved with the community. It's something that's so magical, and just being here, being with fellow blind people, is something that's so so special because you can share your life experience, your frustrations, your your doubts, your insecurities, but most importantly, how much fun it is to be blind at times, to just listen in on something because oh you're blind, you know? Yeah. No no one can no one can see what's really going on, but you can hear all the drama going down. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to share with the rest of your community, so just keep being a part of it. Yeah. As we draw to a close with this episode, I'd like to thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed your visit and learned the useful information. We welcome your feedback at feedback at guidedogsofhawaii.org. Feel free to join us on our social medias such as Instagram and Facebook. You can find us by simply searching for Guide Dogs of Hawaii. All right. Mm-hmm.